U.S. conducted an airstrike in Baghdad on Wednesday against the leader of an Iranian-backed militia. Will tensions continue to rise? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. And the Marine Corps is preparing for a service-wide inspection of its barracks. What does it all mean for defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024. A quick note on a developing story, though. A search and rescue effort is underway for five Marines who were aboard a helicopter that went missing on Tuesday night. The CH-53E Super Stallion had been flying from Creech Air Force Base in Nevada to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in California. As of 6.53 p.m. Eastern Time yesterday evening, the crew was still reported missing. For the latest developments, go to MilitaryTimes.com or MarineCorpsTimes.com. First up, a U.S. drone strike in Iraq killed three members of the powerful Kataib Hezbollah militia. Two U.S. officials familiar with the matter said that a senior Kataib Hezbollah commander was targeted in a U.S. strike on Wednesday. Two officials with Iran-backed militias in Iraq said Wassam Muhammad Abubakar al-Saidi was a commander in charge of Kataib Hezbollah's operations in Syria. The strike came just days after the U.S. military launched an air assault on dozens of sites in Iraq and Syria, used by Iranian-backed militias. The strikes came in retaliation for a drone attack that killed three U.S. troops in Jordan in January. The U.S. has blamed the Islamic resistance in Iraq, a broad coalition of Iran-backed militias, for the attack in Jordan. Kataib Hezbollah had said in a statement that it was suspending attacks on American troops to avoid, quote, embarrassing the Iraqi government after the strike in Jordan, but others have vowed to continue fighting. Here's why it matters. The latest surge in the regional conflict came shortly after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Wednesday rejected terms for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza. Another important story, the Marine Corps ordered inspections of each of its barracks in an effort to assess and fix problems in the often subpar living quarters. For more on this, Marine Corps Times reporter Irene Lowenson joins the show. Hey, Irene, so when is this inspection taking place and what's the plan of action? So basically, these inspections are going to take place starting now up until March 15th. And the idea is to have Marine leaders, both active duty Marines and civilians who help run the barracks, from outside of the chain of command do inspections of every single barracks room, every single squad bay across the Marine Corps, across the globe, and... um those Marines have to be of the rank of gunnery sergeant or higher so that they have a little bit of pull. And the assistant commandant, who's also the acting commandant, General Christopher Mahoney, said that he wants these inspections to be wall to wall, really extensive. So why is the Marine Corps doing this? Well, Marine leaders have been acknowledging what every lance corporal and private first class knows, which is that the Marine Corps barracks are not in good shape. A lot of them have mold issues, uh, they're dilapidated, they're old. And uh, General Eric Smith, the Marine Commandant, has said this is a priority for him. He's unveiling this initiative called Barracks 2030, which is about getting the barracks to be better. But 
you know, note the year 2030. He said it's going to take about a decade for these issues to be fixed, and it's going to take a lot of money. But um, this inspection is supposed to be a first step toward just figuring out what the issues are with the inventory, figuring out how widespread these problems are, identifying some issues with health and safety for, for Marine leaders to start correcting those for the Marines who live in the barracks, and just get, just get a handle on what the problem is. And this is just one part of the Barracks 2030 initiative, which in the short term involves replacing locks and replacing furniture, and in the long term is supposed to involve consolidating Marines into the best of the barracks and where there's money, improving, renovating, building new barracks. Also on your radar for today, do you regret retiring? Well, Air Force vets who answered yes may have a second chance in the service. The Air Force announced Wednesday that it will reopen a recall program to fill as many as 1,000 mid-career commissioned and enlisted jobs. That includes pilots, combat systems officers, recruiters, air traffic controllers, and more. Here's why it matters. The Air Force wants to plug critical staffing holes as tensions grow in the Middle East and the possibility of conflict with China intensifies. The application window for the Voluntary Retired Return to Service program opens Thursday. Applicants must be submitted by January 31, 2026 to serve on active duty for no more than 48 months. Those selected can expect to return to uniform between four and six months after they apply. The program is limited to commissioned officers who held the rank of captain through lieutenant colonel. Former enlisted staff sergeants through senior master sergeants are also eligible. The Air Force is focusing on bringing back a range of commissioned roles. The service also wants to staff up its enlisted corps in fields like recruiting, air traffic control, security forces, healthcare, and others. A briefing about the program circulated on social media Tuesday. It added that airmen who return under the program are ineligible for aviation bonuses. Also, they will only deploy if they volunteer or are assigned to a combat unit. They must also meet performance standards and could be subject to a permanent change of station. Lastly, these airmen are ineligible to extend their service or to sign up for the SkillBridge Job Transition Program. And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Israeli leaders yesterday to discuss a detailed plan for a new ceasefire and hostage release deal. Air and Space Forces magazine reported that the Air Force may decide to reintroduce warrant officers. Congressional sources said Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin will testify before lawmakers on February 29th. The sources said he'll talk about the secrecy surrounding his cancer diagnosis and missteps made in informing senior administration officials about his emergency hospitalization in January. And a U.S. defense official told the Associated Press the Pentagon believes it identified the mechanical failure that led to the November 29th Air Force Osprey crash off the coast of Japan. The incident killed eight service members and led to the grounding of the fleet. It's now weighing how the aircraft can be returned to service. The official who said the mechanical failure was identified declined to say what the failure was. And on this day in history, in 1943, Japanese troops evacuated Guadalcanal, leaving the Pacific Island in Allied possession after a prolonged campaign. The American victory paved the way for other Allied advances in the Solomon Islands.
That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com slash EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimon Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by the Associated Press, Irene Lowenson, and Courtney Mabius-Brown. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.